Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this. This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders? It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah, this is perfect. Relax, you booked a Verbo. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? This is Benjamin Grant Kissel hanging out with Travis Morningstar. Ah, uh, Scotland. Just beautiful Edinburgh, beautiful Scotland. Scotland. You love waking up in Edinburgh, and then the first thing you hear is... Oh, that's beautiful. That sounds like Freddy Krueger having sex with a chicken. What is that? That is the sound of... Magpies. That's a bird making that noise? Well, they're, I mean, that sound is a velociraptor with a <laughs> machine gun. But yes, that is ma- that's the sound of a magpie. And I'm looking, no one, kid, I'm huh? looking at one right outside my window on a tree. And uh, huh. it, it, it's a uh, horrifying bird. And it's weirdly, it's a moment where you're like, oh, right. Um, we're in a country without guns. <laughs> <laughs> in America, uh, it doesn't exist. You cackle like that one time. That bird would become extinct. If, oh, absolutely. If a magpie was outside someone's window in in Kentucky, that bird would be exploded. And Gone it, it, immediately. It, you know, in a in a country without guns, the the birds really do rule over the populace. They really do. They really they rule the roost. I will say Edinburgh has been wonderful and beautiful. This entire tour so far has been incredible. I want to thank everyone who came out to our shows in Dublin and in Bristol and of course in Edinburgh. And this city that we're in now, which is Edinburgh, I have to say, it is majestic. It's historic. It's That's the thing with Europe. We forget our nation of America is a baby. It's just a little toddler. Yeah, you look at a you look at a trash can here and it's like erected in 1402. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm you know what? I this is my first time in the UK. This is your second, I think. Oh, no, I've been here many You've times here many because times. yes. Uh well, my I, father is a German immigrant, so I know, used to travel to the UK quite extensively as a child. Edinburgh is a fairy tale <laughs> city and i am just waiting because we're, we're about to go like hang out and check out the museums and stuff today yes i'm expect i i'm i'm hoping that this doesn't happen i'm hoping i don't i don't have paris syndrome uh, now what is now can you explain so, uh, obviously we have a bunch of news to get to today as well but um travis has been talking about this thing this phenomenon known as paris, paris syndrome which syndrome. is something that happens to people that live in more isolated lands as they fantasize about their perception of nations that are more free, perhaps. Yeah. So this, so uh, uh, this is a, a, an actual phenomenon where uh, Asian tourists come to a city like Paris, right. and you know they have this sort of romanticized cobblestone Eiffel Tower picture of Paris, and they've built up such high expectations for this place, and then they get to Paris. And they see a busboy screaming at their girlfriend on their phone, or they see a rat uh, fucking a croissant. Yeah, and, sure. And that the expectations are subverted so wildly 
that they actually do go into shock sometimes. And this is this is actual, and they get extremely depressed. I assume actual documented documented like people going into shock, going to hospitals because Paris turns out to be such a shithole. Oh. In comparison to the magical sort of Cinderella, uh, Disneyland version in their head, the fantasy. Now I'm, you know, we're in Edinburgh, and it is still very much a fairy tale world to me. And I, it is. I really hope I don't start seizing up when I see, uh, when I see like a Scottish person uh, spit into my coffee or something. Oh no! But the nice thing about Scotland is that's expected. Yeah. Of course. So when you do see that, you'll be like, "Yes, indeed. Thank I'm you. not suffering from Paris syndrome." That is exactly what I wanted. I'm suffering from Scottish flu. Absolutely. So, you know, we have some crazy stuff happening right now. In the States, as we're covering, I wish we could talk more about Brexit, but my God, folks, I got to say, that is a bit of, for lack of a better professional word, clusterfuck. And what is going on right now in the UK? My God, if you just listen to the folks at the pubs, and if you listen to, if you recall, our uh, our uh, driver that drove us from Bristol to Edinburgh, the everyday common folks of Europe are just like, what the hell are you doing? Brexit broke the government. Everyone That's basically is basically all that happened. Everyone is bracing themselves for for what's about. To, you know, what? I but I was in when we were in Bristol, uh, waiting for our our car in the morning. I went to get a coffee. The coffee shop didn't open. There were two uh, young uh, Bristol kids, and they offered me Coke. Isn't that and nice? And I was like, you know what? They're going to be okay. They're going to be just fine. Coke, Coke, They're circumventing going around the system. Coke, dope, smoke. And I had to chuckle a little bit because it sounded it sounded very very charming. In there. I do like it when they rhyme. So this week in American politics, we had Donald Trump. He is doing something extremely controversial regarding the environment. He wants to roll back some of the regulations that were put on car companies in California. He wants to roll that back. Basically, what happens with that regulation is that cars by the year 2025 have got to, car companies rather, have got to, by the year 2025, create cars that get around 54 miles per gallon. That's kind of what they want. They want to, this is in order to limit fossil fuels, uh, to limit emissions coming out of cars. Obviously, you would think cars were the number one emitter when it comes to pollution. It's actually buildings, which is quite interesting. Interesting. Nonetheless, this was an Obama-era policy that was put in place. The car companies are totally down with it. Everyone's completely fine. They're like, yeah, this is actually probably even better for us. It's better for the consumer because the consumer does not need to buy as much gas. And as we've seen on a regular basis, those uh, numbers, the price of gas goes up and down depending on the economy. It has a true impact on people vacationing how much they'll travel uh it really impacts the family man and the family woman when it comes to where they go and how they live their life so donald trump and his administration for some reason not provoked by anyone not even the damn car companies obviously provoked by big fossil fuel and big oil has decided to roll back the california regulation that puts in place this 54 miles per gallon uh, cap for uh, 2025. So basically, they just want to take this down to 37 miles per gallon. All right. So the car companies, again, are like, yo, bro, we don't even need this. And the Trump administration is like, well, I think it's going to happen. And this is obviously just a situation where big oil has got their big old grubby hands back in the government coffers and are encouraging the Trump administration to take this measure of, again, 
uh, rolling back this regulation that is, again, not even criticized by the car companies and certainly would benefit the consumer for the sole purpose of financial gain for big oil companies. So that is an interesting thing that's happening in the States right now. Also, we have something fascinating going on in Maine regarding voting. Obviously, we had a situation uh, in the 2016 primary where many people, and especially a lot of Republicans, do not believe that Donald Trump would have received the nomination if it wasn't for so many candidates. Mm -hmm. They diluted the vote. It was just winner take all. So Donald Trump could win one of these things with 13%, 14%, 20%, whatever it might be. In order to circumvent that or sort of eliminate that, which really is not the most democratic way to do it, a yeah. winner take all in that sense, Maine is implementing a ranked voter system. So basically what this means is folks will go in and they will rank their top three candidates. So let's just say you like Elizabeth Warren, uh, Joe Biden, and Cory Booker. So you rank them in that order. Let's say um, Elizabeth Warren doesn't, doesn't make it in Maine. Then it would go down to the next person, and the first candidate who receives over 50% of the vote will then win the primary in Maine, which I think is the best way to do it to guarantee that the best candidate actually wins, or at the very least, the candidate that has the most amount of true support. Don't be surprised if we see someone like an Elizabeth Warren do very well in that situation, because I could see her being one or two on many, many people's ballot. I could see people leaving Joe Biden off entirely, uh, given his sort of I would say lackluster performance when it comes to the debates and are, overall are lackluster about, campaigning. Are you talking about his um, eye exploding full of blood? <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> you didn't see it? Really, I, I might vote for him. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you get in a binary choice. Well, I will wait. vote for Joe Biden in a heartbeat. I didn't realize his eye exploded with blood. <laughs> yes. Hey, all right. Had a debate. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. His it's the horror <laughs> candidate of 2020. I love him. It looks like he took his eye out and put it in a microwave. No kidding. Was that when? When was that? <laughs> this was like two weeks ago. <laughs> he just started. He just started. He basically had stigmata, and his eyes started. He started weeping blood. Oh, my goodness. Well, good for him. He was cursed by a saint. He was Mads Mikkelsen in that, that I, Bond movie. I guess so. So what's going on in Maine is Gov Governor Janet Mills, she is a Democrat. She announced this uh, this past Friday that she would allow a bill that recently passed by the Maine, that was recently passed by the Maine legislator to become law Without her signature, the first vote conducted under the new law will be the general election in November of 2020. I'm reading this article here in the New York Times. You can feel free to go check it out yourself. It is Maine voters. This is the title of the article. Maine voters will rank their top presidential candidates in 2020. It's written by Maggie Astar. Um, so here it is, just a little snippet here. Under the new system, voters will be able to rank as many candidates as they like in order of preference. The initial count will look only at their first choices, and if one candidate receives a majority, that candidate will win. So it could be over in a moment. It doesn't, who knows? Or it could go on. If no one receives a majority, however, the candidate with the fewest 
first choice votes will be eliminated and his or her votes will be redistributed to those voters' second choice candidates. This process will repeat until one candidate breaks 50%. I personally am a advocate for this, this and I'm a proponent for this. And I, I wish that we would have uh, more states. We'll see how this goes in Maine. And hopefully more states adapt this. But, you know, this is really part of a larger conversation that we need to have in this country. Why don't we have federal voting laws? You know what I'm saying? We have 50 states. Every state, as we saw in Georgia when Stacey Abrams got totally screwed out of the governorship by Kemp because he was in charge of the voter rolls, as we see time and time again, with these corrupt politicians who have a stranglehold on their states, whether they be left or right. I mean, we see corrupt politicians being in New York State. Many of them are Democrats as well. But why don't we have federal voting? Why don't we have a federal uh, law on the books being like, this is how we vote in this country when it comes to national elections? It just seems to make sense to me. Don't we have ranking uh, voting in New York City? Now, I'm not really sure about I, uh, that. I think I on some on some cases we actually do. Okay. Um, and it makes me feel better because yeah. it's like, you know what? Yeah, if my person doesn't win, at least there's some backups. And if that ranking is really the best way to do it because everyone has has participated then. You yes. don't you don't just have a losing horse. Exactly. In the race. And you know, another good thing when it comes to the ranking system is it eliminates this notion of a third party spoiler. Yes. Right? Um so obviously, which by the way, for the most part, is a misnomer. I don't give it much credit. A lot of people are like, Jill Stein cost Hillary Clinton the blue wall. You know what, folks? You got to go out there and get the votes. If someone yeah. wanted to support Jill Stein, we live in a free country, go and support freaking Jill Stein. I don't give a crap. Uh, Hillary Clinton needed to sway those voters, and they need to vote yeah. for her. Hillary, That's how this Hi- works, because we have a free process. Hillary Clinton doing the nay-nay is what, is what uh, Honestly, spoiled dude, the race for her. How many votes? And, of course, Gary Johnson, the inverse uh, for the Republican Party. Obviously, he didn't cost Donald Trump the vote. But you could argue that, as many Republicans do, Ross Perot uh, cost George H.W. the election in 92. They call Ross Perot a spoiler. Although, if you actually look at the exit polling data... Uh, of most states, it split about 50-50 for Clinton and for Bush. And the states that Ross Perot did the best in were Texas and Florida. Both of those states, George H.W. Bush won. So I think it's a bit of a, um, you know, it's just kind of an excuse that a lot of elites like to make yeah. when they don't run good campaigns. But when it comes to this uh, election, how many votes, and I really do ask this question, how many votes do you think someone like Alina Dunham cost? Hillary Clinton. How many votes did celebrities cost the Democratic Party? Because I'm seeing it happen again now where Joe Biden is hanging out with celebrities. Elizabeth Warren is doing a good job of keeping it more grassroots. Bernie Sanders hangs out with a lot of celebrities. Bernie Sanders is hanging out with Cardi B, which is fine. Uh, You know, I mean, yes, she did drug all of her Johns and take their money. Okay. It is just like not conducive in my personal opinion to relating to the vast majority of this country no one relates to celebrities because they are celebrities well isn't that the whole point of being a celebrity is that you're bigger than and isn't the whole point of politics to be speaking to the masses i have to there there is a huge distinction though between lena dunham supporting hillary clinton and cardi b supporting bernie sanders because if you saw 
what Cardi B, they had a sort of a sit down, yeah, Cardi B and Bernie Sanders. I did see that. And they actually talked about policy. And, they and, didn't talk and, about and, pantsuits and they, doing horrible bastardizations of hip-hop because Cardi B actually knows how to do hip-hop. Well, and she was enthusiastic about, <laughs> yes, about Bernie's true. policies and stuff. Whereas Lena Dunham, what the fuck was she talking to Hillary Clinton about? It was it, a nightmare. It was all just sort of vague uh, it was excitement. Talking, it it was, was treating us as if we were all totally absolutely. invalid and toddlers and, I, and treating us like we were stupid. You know, to your it? point, I think I think Lena Dunham, how old is Lena Dunham? Like 33 or something? I don't know. I just think she probably cost Hillary Clinton think, more votes than Jill pe- Stein. I think people 25 to 35 were just absolutely horrified. It was a guest. Everyone was a guest. They're like, this is not our generation. She doesn't represent our generation. She's a rich, elitist, neo neoliberal. It is like, get out of here. Stop. Yeah. So I do understand, and I think you are correct, at the very least, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, uh, and to a slightly lesser extent, Joe Biden, but to a more extent than than the campaign in 2016 for the Democrats were able to do, they are more policy-focused, yeah, which, think- is, which is crucial because... I know that people we live in a nation now of anti-intellectualism on all sides. It's a we have a war on science. Scientists as we're covering now with our uh Joseph Smith and uh, uh Mormonism and yeah. as we covered with our Burke and Harris story for last podcast on the left, we have a war on reason and a war on science in this country and it is coming from all people anti-vaxxers you want to pretend like it's some right-wing religious uh, lunatic fringe it is just as crazy if not more crazy with the left-wing lunatic fringe we are going backwards on science in this country i really do believe there is a thirst for people there is a thirst right now for politicians to be like Speak to me as if I am mildly intelligent, yeah. As opposed to what happened in 2016. And I'll, and I'll, you know what? I'll back Birkin Hare. We need to rob more <laughs> graves. We need to kill cancer patients to study the cancer. Well, you know what? I don't think we actually do need to kill cancer patients because I think they're already being killed. Well, I'm not an intellectual, Ben. Thanks to HelloFresh for supporting Top Hat. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of how comfortable you are in the kitchen. HelloFresh sends me everything I need to get a tasty dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. I love that they send pre-measured ingredients and step-by-step recipes with pictures. It makes it so easy to pick up new cooking skills. There's something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie-smart and vegetarian, and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Craft Burgers. And my favorite thing about HelloFresh has got to be the way they make it easy to add extra meals to your weekly order, as well well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread and cookie dough. Perfect for date nights or when you have family staying with you. I love HelloFresh. When I see a box delivered to my front door, I get thrilled for the chicken sausage flatbreads with broiled zucchini and fresh oregano. And I know you'll love it too. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash TopHat80 and enter TopHat80. You'll get $20 off your first four boxes. That's $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TopHat80 and enter TopHat80. And just lastly, when it comes to ranked voting, this is according to Governor Mills. Again, she is the governor of Maine. This is a memo that she wrote to state legislators. She says, my experience with ranked choice voting is that it gives voters a greater voice and it encourages civility among campaigns 
and candidates at a time when such civility is sorely needed. She goes on to say, at the same time, there are serious questions about the cost and logistics of ranked choice voting, including collecting and transporting ballots for more than 400 towns in the middle of winter. So there will be some issues, and I do understand that point of cost. Obviously, if you have more than one election, you are doubling up your cost. And if you have more than two elections, the price continues to accumulate. But in my personal opinion, in the sake, for the sake of democracy, it is a, uh, it's well worth the cost when it comes to ranked voting. So we will see what happens in Maine. Hopefully it sets an example for the rest of the country that this is the way to get the candidate that is truly approved by the most amount of people. So on last week's episode, we spoke, was it last week's or the week before? August 23rd. Okay. We spoke about this story in Chicago where, and this is a criminal justice story, where a a group of teenage girls uh, did something extremely stupid, extremely violent, and if I was the person in this home, I would be extremely upset. They broke into somebody's home. Uh, The person that was there was an elderly person. Uh, They ended up shooting one of the children that broke into uh, his home, killing that person. And the five teenagers teenagers that went in with that person were charged with that murder. And evidently, Travis has informed me, we have an email from someone who has a little bit of insight on why they were charged with murder and I suppose if they should have been charged with okay murder. so yeah so this is actually so this is from C um, and she is a, a, a an undergraduate legal intern so not, oh, right. she's not a lawyer necessarily but she'll get there uh, but she had some thoughts on this uh, dear Ben and Travis while I'm at commute this morning I was listening to the August 23rd episode of Abel Lincoln's Top Hat no scan no pay and nearly rear-ended another car out of excitement because I had some knowledge about the Woo-hoo! criminal case that was mentioned in relation to the burglars uh, so from what I can tell about the crime from the podcast is that the defendants are being charged with something along the lines of what was known as, in California as felony murder. Previously in California, anyone who, who was involved with a crime, i.e. robbing a liquor store where someone was killed either intentionally or unintentionally by those either perpetrating the crime or defending themselves against the crime, could be charged with felony murder. Okay. Simply put, anyone involved with a crime where someone is killed could have the additional charge with felony murder. Pretty fucked, right? Thankfully, in 2018, Californians voted to approve so that murder can only be charged to someone who actually does the act of killing, intends to kill someone, or, and there are other issues in here in my opinion, are a major participant in the crime. This is a massive shift towards criminal justice reform, mm. and now many people who are incarcerated with felony murder charges are petitioning to be resentenced under the new law. Okay. Now we have to cross our fingers that their petitions are actually heard in court and ruled on appropriately. Uh, so fingers crossed that other states will move to adopt or create their own laws similar right, so Cal- to this California law. So, so California is actually making some headway on this um, in order to uh, eliminate and try to alleviate some of the sins of this country's past. Basically, the intention uh, the intention to kill. Now, this is a really, and I would like to hear, because, I mean, obviously the point-counterpoint of this is I was watching uh, a Netflix documentary, as I do. And there was one story where a man uh, drove, he followed a car, uh, he drove behind this person, person got out of their car, there was a confrontation, his buddy got out of the back seat of the car, 
and ended up shooting the individual that the driver was tailing. Now, the driver was charged with murder. Now, in that situation, I can understand it's slightly more of a gray area because the murder could not have occurred unless that man was driving the car. So I get why I understand the 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 base concept of the law, but we have to be so careful when it comes to the wide use uh, of this kind of law where we just end up incarcerating people uh, for things that really they did not do. They broke in, as we mentioned on that show, these kids broke into the house. Uh, they ended up, uh, they should be charged with that. But the fact that the homeowner took legal rights, he took his legal rights and, and defended himself, killed the intruder, I just feel like it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit of an overkill uh, to use a bit of a pun there when it comes to incarcerating these five people. Yep. And I'm sure there are other ways that they could learn the harsh lesson that home invasions is not really the way to go about living. It just seems like a, a wide gap there in terms of like punishment and, and yes. the actual crime. I want to talk a little bit. Do we have another email? No, I'm looking at a, uh, a new story here. Hitler's last living relative convicted of pedophilia after kissing a girl who was 13. No kidding. Like father, like son. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I also want to talk about this huge, huge story that is getting no press. After 9-11, there was, it was was United 94. That was the flight that went down in Pennsylvania. There was a lot of quote unquote conspiracy theorists who said the United States government shot down that plane. Everyone in the Bush administration said, no, no way. That's crazy. We would never do that. The trickle, the slow trickle of information that has been happening about this scenario has been fascinating because Dick Cheney has now fully admitted, there's a new book coming out, has fully admitted that he authorized the shooting down of this plane. And I understand you have a plane. uh, It is hijacked. uh, It's heading towards Washington. These are difficult decisions, but the fact that the United States government lied and concealed this story for so long, and now it's just being presented as like, yeah, of course, of course they did, (laughs) is fucking atrocious. And this is another reminder that corporate media is an utter, it, it is a total and utter failure. Here is a quote from this book. This is literally from Dick Cheney discussing why they shot down. This plane. This is a quote from Dick Cheney. And if I knew how to do accents, this is why it would be nice to have Henry on here. <laughs> there it is. You nailed it. So this is Dick Cheney talking about the shooting down of a civilian airliner. He says it had to be done once the plane became hijacked, even if it had a load of passengers on board who obviously weren't part of any hijacking attempt. Having seen what happened in New York in the Pentagon, you really didn't have any choice. It wasn't. A close call. That is an excerpt from a Politico article, which is an excerpt from a new book coming out. If you want to read this article, it was Flight 93, rather. If you want to read this article, it is, We May Have to Shoot Down This Aircraft. That is the title of the article. It's a quote from Dick Cheney. Uh, It's written by Garrett M. Graff, and it is fascinating. It talks about Condoleezza Rice, Scooter Libby, 
Uh, it goes through exactly what happened after the first attacks occurred. Uh, they talk about Dick Cheney and Condi and all these folks getting swooped up by the Secret Service, going down to a secret bunker in Washington, uh, watching the events unfold. 9-11, Dick Cheney was the president of the United States. Yes. Uh, George W. Bush was being whisked away uh, to God knows where. It is just unbelievable. Mary Matlin is, uh, as well is involved here. It is just unbelievable to me that this isn't like plastered everywhere. Like, hey, everyone that we bastardized, everyone that we said was a was a lunatic fringe, crazy thinker. Turns out you're right. Sorry about that. I yeah. mean, I mean, I, you're, I'm a little bit older than you are, but when 9-11 occurred, I was a freshman or sophomore. I was a sophomore in college. And the way that the news media covered up the events that occurred on that day, that is why we have so much conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. It, Everyone's like, oh, no. I wonder why people are finding new reasons. What happened with Building 7? I wonder why all of these people had their own thoughts. It's because there was no clear answer. Media diluted, polluted, and lied to the American people from moment one. And now we're just supposed to be like, oh, yeah, they shot down the plane. No kidding. Absolutely. But the I, way it's not it's not just the line, it's the criticizing of everyone who was like, I think they shot down the plane. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is not something that is in the uh 9/11 memorial. No, uh, it's not. Uh, <laughs> and honestly, in, I, in New York. And you know, it's funny from a government perspective, from a leadership perspective, I'm not even necessarily saying it was the wrong decision. I don't know. This is a very hard thing. You have a group of passengers. You hear that the plane has been hijacked. We already had three attacks on this uh, on the country. Um, you don't want to have more civilians killed. Yeah. So I understand. I mean, one of the quotes. But the... why lie to the American people for twenty years about what happened? <laughs> oh, I mean, that's just the, that's just the that's what they do. But one of the one of the commanders was like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna take some lives in the sky to protect some lives on the ground." It's unbelievable. Uh, they, yeah, they were fully willing to do it. I, I, it's crazy. the The nine eleven museum is like, or I think it's called the nine eleven memorial rather. But uh, they that is not something that they would show in there. They have actual. I don't know if you've been to the nine eleven. I have not been. Um, I, I have mixed have, feelings about it. They have dedicated uh, crying rooms full of tissue boxes Ugh, where they sad. play. And in, 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 in this article that you're referring to, yeah. they do play some of the. Uh, the audio and stuff and they have transcripts of the mm. calls and stuff they play that audio and then they they have you surrounded by tissue boxes in these small rooms well um, if, if you want to uh, cry uh, you can always listen to our 9-11 episodes specifically episode one of our 9-11 series day of those phone calls are some of the hardest things i have ever listened to in my life and they will always be uh, so yeah i i would imagine it's a you're telling me that 9/11 was a conspiracy by Big Kleenex. Is yeah, that what you're saying? What I, it's really it's to sell more tissue paper. <laughs> I see. Yeah, 9/11 <laughs> memorial sponsored by Kleenex. So, but on the lighter side, I mean, they do have a, a blooper section in the 9/11 memorial where what do you mean? Yeah, a little bit of a blooper section. A blooper section where they show they show um, different movies that had to remove the twin towers before they release they were released. Oh my god! So like the Spider-Man tra the you know the Spider-Man <laughs> the original Tobey Maguire one they're like they had to scrub it. It was an oopsie moment where they like showed the before. Oh, there's Spider-Man webbing between the Twin Towers and then after because it came oh, out right around that time. I wish he was real. He could have saved the whole day. Um, so this is according to Mary Matlin. This is about the day of 9-11. Again, an excerpt 
from uh, this new book coming out. Uh, this is Mary Madeline. She was an aide to Vice President Cheney. She said, I was with the vice president when the second plane hit, and we knew instantly this was not an accident. Condoleezza Rice chimed in and said, it was the moment that changed everything. A fellow named Matthew Waxman said, we went into full crisis response mode. And Mary Matlin continues, she says, we went right into work mode while we were in his office making calls to New York, making calls to the president, making calls wherever they needed to be made. The Secret Service barged into the office. That's when Dick Cheney says, radar cart caught sight of an airliner heading toward the White House at 500 miles per hour. So uh, it is a difficult thing. Dick Cheney goes on to say, the Secret Service said, sir, we must leave now. He grabbed me and propelled me out of the office, down the hall, and into an underground shelter within the White House. The thing about this situation that is really interesting is everybody, everybody's response to dick cheney's reaction everyone says dick cheney was extremely calm extremely calculating and unwavering in his decision making now again this is a situation where it is extremely difficult we don't know what the hell is happening this is day of it just seems to me as if the american people should have heard the truth much much earlier than this and it does lead us to speculate what else is there any other option that could have occurred could they have done anything else uh, at the very least even if they did they did have even if they did have to shoot down this plane i just feel like it was the criticizing of everyone whether it be edward snowden to julian assange back when he was still a relatively good person uh when it comes to wikileaks it was the criticizing of the so-called conspiracy community that really pisses me off about this yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely. It's because they made all everyone who had a rational theory sound like they were quacks. People lost their jobs. Folks were laughed out of buildings. They were like the U.S. government would never do that. No, indeed, it was the heroes above. It was the heroes on board United 93. They made a fucking movie about it. Yeah. They barged in and they crashed the plane. All of this lore is horseshit, and that's why. People don't trust the government. Yeah, it's interesting how it's like, you know, history books are written by the winners and it, it seems to be like always sort of in retrospect, but the way in which history is written in real time, mm-hmm. like rewritten in real time is kind of in- incredible because they're actively making decisions on the fly to withhold information yes. that then will shape how it is remembered yes. only a year, two years, and now, years and now this is And now this is a article that I only found in Politico. Yes. Wasn't in the Times, wasn't on any of the, the crappy television news that's not news. It was nowhere. And I'm like, well, honey, 9-11 is so past. It's past, yeah, it's it's past, past a. A. I mean, Who we're cares? on to, we're on to Epstein. I know. And even, even the people in the UK are interested in Epstein. So, uh, the, well, of course, the they're all involved. Well, yeah, because they were like, uh, even the royals. The, the fact that the royals are involved in the Epstein case, everyone here is fucking totally a conspiracy fa- theory minded a about it. A fascinating situation happening with Epstein. We can just touch on this briefly. I don't want to go into too much detail because we've already covered it. And it's heinous. Harvard University. Their science department received millions of dollars from Jeffrey Epstein. Yes. And now Harvard, speaking of large institutions lying to the American people, now Harvard is not so um, 
slyly attempting yes. to erase him from history. Yes. Because they literally have pictures of him <laughs> shaking hands with the president, hanging out with everyone over there, just chilling with all the Harvard scientists. And they're just like, take that one down. Take it down. Take that poster down. White out. We have a bunch of Did- white out. It is unreal how pathetic these fucking morons are when it comes to covering up the fact that they knew Jeffrey Epstein. How about you, Harvard? And of course, they took all of his money after he was already a convicted pedophile. Maybe that's not a great idea. But how about Harvard again? Just tell us the truth. And we would be like, yes, we live in a society where we privately fund the sciences. So I suppose if you're not going to turn down a couple million dollars, just tell the American people the truth. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. Why does no one remember history? It's not even long ago. Bill Clinton was not long ago. Richard Nixon was not long ago. The cover-up is worse than the crime. Uh, the director, did you read the emails between... Uh, I did not. So the director of the MIT, Joichi uh, Ito, he has actual emails where he's like, okay, so here's the deal. We're receiving money from this Jeffrey Epstein guy. Never reveal that we're receiving money oh, from God. Jeffrey Epstein. Hide oh, the name. So, wow. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you you know that these these are emails. Like yeah, you do understand you're doing the exact a, opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. It's a series of emails right? that are like, please never ever let this out that we're getting money from this guy that we know <laughs> <laughs> we know is oh, is my uh, God. Uh, like a sex trafficker pedophile. So they they just could not be dumber. No, that no. is the thing with. It, it, uh, they might as well like posted it on a Slack chain or something. Yes, and of course, this is the institution of Harvard, not the scientists themselves. The scientists themselves, because you again, we live in a society where we privately fund the sciences, are just desperate for funding. And I am pro science, and hopefully, uh, they can continue to make massive headwinds when it comes to curing diseases that are currently affecting all of us. And that is why, again, 2020 elections matter. You look at what happened in to, uh, 2000. With stem cell research, if Al Gore is president of the United States in, 20, in, in the year 2000, uh, first of all, our response to 9-11 is much different. Uh, does 9-11 even happen? Who knows? These are very, I mean, you know, we can't go play uh, Monday morning quarterback and all that. Who the hell knows? But one thing we do know is we would have had stem cell research because George W. Bush, his administration, because of the insane religious right, stopped stopped all stem cell research because they thought it was somehow not consistent with God's law, you know, the law that man made and it's totally horseshit that they that man created. Uh, and then because they're egomaniacs, they said it was from God, even though it was really from their perverted heads. And of course, you can listen to more of those sorts of uh, perverted ideas when you listen to our Mormonism series on last podcast on the left proper. But we would have had stem cell research uh, in this country. And so Science has been under attack in this nation for a long time, and because of that, we are 30, 40 years behind when it comes to cancer research. Here, I just um, I, ALS. I, uh, so we're we're way behind on that. Well, I have the here's the email. Jeff, Ep- the, the subject line is Jeff Epstein money. It was the subject. <laughs> yes. They didn't even bury Jeff it. Jeff Epstein money. Oh from, my God! You can't even make that up. Peter Cohen, uh, director of development strategy at oh MIT Media God. Lab. Uh, it's a, the email re- reads: uh, Jeffrey money. Needs to be anonymous. Thanks. And then it's not. You just <laughs> failed. You did. You, you not understand that you just failed. And then at everything you were attempting to do. And then Joichi Ito jumps in on the uh, email and he's like, uh, "Hey guys, let's make sure this gets accounted for as anonymous." Oh, I. Th- they need to be slapped. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. Okay. What a crazy email to receive. Jeff Epstein money. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, what are we doing with this? Nothing more anonymous than the most <laughs> non-anonymous subject in the history of subjects. 
All right. Well, let's move on a little bit here. I want to talk about Robert Mugabe towards the end. He died 94 years young. Yeah, guys, could you lay off me? My friend Robert Mugabe just died. I know. It's been hard for all of us. Uh, He was at one point a freedom fighter turned a horrific, horrific dictator. Uh, But I want to talk going back to elections. We have primaries in this country for a reason. But even the primary process is not a guarantee. GOP plans to drop presidential primaries in four states to impede Trump challengers. And before you go like, oh, this is typical Republicans, Barack Obama did the same thing in 2012. George W. Bush did the same thing in 2004. Uh, Obama had 10 states that had no primaries. Now, I do not believe there was an actual challenger to Barack Obama. So it makes a a little bit different because now, obviously, we have two Republicans that are challenging Donald Trump. That is Bill Weld, former Libertarian Party VP, and a fella named Joe Walsh, who is a former congressman. Neither of these people have a snowball's chance in hell of defeating Donald Trump, who is at about 88. He's at about 88%. Support within the Republican Party. So good luck. Nonetheless, the Republican Party is not taking any of these challenges lightly. Um, This is according to a New York Times article, Maggie uh, Haberman and Annie Carney. Of course, Maggie Haberman has been around for a long time. Uh, The Republican parties in Arizona, Kansas, Nevada, and South Carolina will cancel their presidential primaries in 2020, according to three people familiar with their plans, a move aimed at depriving President Trump's long shot challengers to build support. So this is according to Joe Walsh. And again, Joe Walsh <laughs> yeah. sucks. Yeah. Don't like I've heard some some more political novices be like, maybe he can do it. Joe Walsh sucks. He was a Trumper. From day one, and then Trump won. He was like, what? Yeah. And it's like, no, he is a horrible, he was a horrible one-term congressman. Horrible. Piece of shit on Twitter. He's just a scumbag. So Joe Walsh sucks. Bill Weld, I actually believe, is a good statesman, but he, again, doesn't have a chance. But this is according to Joe Walsh. He says, it's something a mob boss would do. He goes on to say, all the times in 2016 when he said the Democrats were rigging the system to elect Hillary, he is actually eliminating elections in certain states, and that is undemocratic. And again, it's one of those weird days Well, I will say, Joe Walsh, you've accidentally made a valid point, but solely because you're acting on your own personal behalf. So uh, Bill Weld, the former governor of Massachusetts, who is challenging Trump, also found the move uh, concerning but not surprising. This is according to Bill Weld. He said, Mr. Trump has not been bashful about his desire to avoid primaries or even elections. He goes on to say he spoke admiringly of Xi Jinping getting rid of elections and talks about a third term for himself, which he has to know is not lawful. This is something that would be appropriate in a monarchy, and we can all just thank our lucky stars uh, that George Washington did not share the sim, uh, the, a similar uh, sociopathy as Donald Trump and set the precedent for the two terms. And, of course, we had one president. I believe it was Teddy Roosevelt who what, had four terms or something like that. Uh, uh, before uh, FDR. Be- FDR, before it became uh, law of the land. Nonetheless, that is a little bit of insight into the primary process. And again, this is not the first time that has happened. 
when George Bush was seeking re-election in 1992, Republicans canceled primaries in eight states. In 2004, President W. Bush was running. They canceled 10 primaries. In 1996, when Bill Clinton was running for a second term, Democrats canceled eight primaries. And in 2012, Barack Obama canceled 10 primaries. So there you go. Just another reminder that we pride ourselves on freedom. We pride ourselves on our democratic process, but it is under constant attack of those people that we have elected to office. September is National Life Insurance Awareness Month. Most people aren't aware of that. Heck, I didn't even know that. In fact, most people aren't aware they need life insurance at all. That's why 40% of Americans don't have it. But getting life insurance doesn't need to be difficult or expensive. Right now, prices are the lowest they've been in 20 years, and Policy Genius has made it easier than ever to get covered. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. If you need life insurance, but you just haven't gotten around to it, National Life Insurance Awareness Month is as good as a time as any to get started. Go to PolicyGenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. And Obama is also canceling another uh, uh, a trademark on someone else. Oh, my God. Okay, the let's do this. Higher and then we'll, ground. We'll just... Oh, this, this. <laughs> it's not even so a story. So, Barack Obama, <laughs> this story pisses me off. This is in The Hollywood Reporter, and I always get my politics from The Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. You know those pedophiles. They're, they're just so articulate, and they know so much. You know, Jimmy Carter was a horrible president. It's safe to say. The, the, the economy was in shambles, and he just didn't have the, he didn't have the spine to do it wonderful ex-president yeah he's been building homes for houses for humanity for 40 years great basically an angel he's basically a saint he's as close as we get to a saint as a fail he was a failed president but he was a saint afterwards barack obama has decided not to build homes for house uh, for poor people or really do anything that matters he's in the production game now now he's a producer for netflix and he is currently in a trademark dispute because his company, uh, his um, production company, is called Higher Ground Productions. Turns out there's already a company called Higher Ground Productions and Higher Ground Enterprises. And what they do is allow authors to self-publish books. So you could argue that's a good thing. Yeah. Get the word out. People can express themselves. First Amendment. Have a good time. Barack Obama's not so happy about that. So he's taking this person to court. It's Hansia Massey who, according to her attorney, Larry Zerner, is in the business of helping authors publish ebooks. Um, they are taking her to court because they believe that they have the right to have a production company called Higher Ground Productions. On April 10th, the trademark examiner refused to register Obama's claimed mark with a nod to the one held by Massey. The Obamas, who are fans of Stevie Wonder, uh, that is why they named it Higher Ground, argued the two trademarks could coexist in the marketplace. 
Uh, of course, can they? I don't know. We really need Stevie Wonder to weigh in on this, actually. Whatever Stevie says, I'll go with. Yeah. Honestly. He should be the he should be the mediator here. So basically, our former president, uh, the man who was all about hope and change, is in a uh I don't even know. Well, a he's pathetic a, he's, trademark dispute that you would like to see between two like porn companies. Yeah, he's a Netflix guy now. He's a Netflix he's guy. He's a now. Netflix guy. I it mean, makes me a little nauseous. And can you imagine like what Jimmy, How do you do that? And I'm honestly, you know, I'm not one of these guys. Like Obama did some good things and some bad things. The foreign policy was horrific, but then again, he also had to deal with the mess that George W. Bush created. I do believe that he saved our economy. People think it could have grown a little faster, but at the end of the day, slow and steady wins the race on that. And as we're going to see with Donald Trump, this economy is going to collapse, which is not something I wish to happen, but it's something that will happen. How the hell do you like go from like drone strike president? Uh, to the man who killed Osama bin Laden, which was great, to being a man who is now just going to be a Netflix producer <laughs> and hang out with the pedophiles of Hollywood. I just don't understand. I this is the, this to me, and I maybe I'm maybe it's just because we're in the entertainment business, yeah, and we know these Hollywood producers. They're all scumbags. The idea that Hollywood is the bearer of truth and. Um, bastion of moral clarity it's like it's hollywood it has never been moral it will never be moral and it's not hollywood's job to be moral no, quite frankly absolutely but not. the idea that president trump is now just hanging out with those folks with a production company maybe he's going to make some good documentaries i don't fucking know well um but it just makes my skin crawl man well his and we also know, i mean i you know, and i want the audience to hear this and weigh in on this as well i am so sick of the blurred lines between celebrity and and politician we have sean spicer on dancing with the stars i'm sorry man no you don't get to go from the white house to dancing with the stars it's not cute and i'm not even talking about i don't care if you like sean spicer honestly i don't give a shit i just do not like this mix of politicians and celebrities it's disgusting it's scary because it lowers it limits all of the seriousness of what actually takes place in government laws matter rules fucking change your life and the idea that Sean Spicer, whose first thing he did was lie to the American people about the crowd size of Donald Trump's stupid frickin' inauguration speech, is now just a fat, goofy, fluff guy who's going to get booed and laughed at on Dancing with the Stars makes me nauseous. And the fact that Barack Obama is now just a producer for Netflix... It just seems to it just seems to lower. Seems to Maybe be, I just held no, politicians no, no. at too high of a regard. It's, Maybe that's it's my the, fault. Uh, it's it's you know you're just that's the temperature of our country politically, and that's I mean it's it, disgusting. That is the uh, the perfect encap. Obama's move to Netflix really does sum up his presidency as well. Like the Man. just the sort of the the polished veneer uh, with with some more like <laughs> just bogus shit happening beneath the surface it's it's unreal i mean man. and also it's unreal you wouldn't see this kind of thing with jimmy carter as well it's like no what, jimmy if jimmy carter did a show it would be like lamb chop and it would be <laughs> <laughs> it would be a show be where puppets build houses for homeless people i know man it's it's really i understand like politicians and there uh, was like politicians did used to go on like the roast like ralph nader was on some roast and barry goldwater and stuff so i'm not saying that we have to have a society that's like politicians need to be all buttoned up and can never be serious you know all that kind of stuff but this whole thing is seeing them as entertainers is really not a good and thing. we will never go back no I, we man. will never go back because the sen the way that the confluence 
of all social media, entertainment, politics. Right. We are never going back to any of that stuff before before like the Nixon JFK debates. Right. Basically, like it's yeah. all televised all the time, and now it, fame is the only motivating factor. And if you want more of an indication of what Travis just said, read the article in the New York Times all about Cory Booker's policies when he was the mayor of New York. Newark. Oh, never mind. No. It's all about Cory Booker's love of Star Trek. Yes. Why do I give a shit? I don't care about your playlist. I don't care what you watch. Please, Lord. We're ba- Can we please, God, just... I'm going to have an aneurysm. We're looking at... Yeah, we get we basically oh. get to see all of uh, the candidates' like Match.com profiles. Oh, God. I'm going to die. All right. Just lastly, Robert Mugabe died. Uh, good riddance. The, he was ousted in 2017, not because of all the war crimes. He killed a bunch of white farmers in 2000. Uh, he was a liberator at one point. Ended apartheid. That was very good, and that's basically where the good ended. Um, he should have retired many, many years ago. He was a horrible dictator and a horrible, horrible piece of shit. And I really don't like people being like, "It was a mixed bag. It was a mixed pass." He was like, "No, the man committed mass genocides against all types of people." Um, fuck him. Okay, that's my stance on Robert Mugabe. Fuck him. And it's not a brave stance. That should be everyone's <laughs> stance. Uh, he also turns out. For his 91st birthday, do you know what he did, Travis? Uh, Dave and Buster's. No, he did not do Dave and Buster's. He ate a zoo. This is true. <laughs> this is true. For And you can actually, go honestly, go into the war crimes of Robert Mugabe. I don't want to get super sad here, but he, he was a horrible person. This is the lighthearted story of Robert Mugabe. So <laughs> you can imagine what the war crimes are. Okay, folks? Wait, so he, he delivered. So he was having a party. He went to the zoo. He, uh, and from the zoo, he picked out two buffaloes, two elephants, a lion, one crocodile, five impalas, and two sables, all of which were freshly slaughtered. He did not like the elephant um, because he did not like the way it tastes. His birthday treats were, um, the party was estimated to have cost $1 million, and it took place at an exclusive lodge, spa, and golf course in Victoria Falls. Ironically, given what was on the menu, the venue was called Elephant Hills. Isn't that interesting? So they released uh, balloons into the sky with the help of his wife, Grace, and uh, an estimated 20,000 people attended, but only those at the top tables were treated to the wild animals. Wow. So there you go. Robert Mugabe, (laughs) he didn't build a zoo. He ate a zoo. That is an extremely dark sequel to We Bought a Zoo. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? And the only reason he was ousted, uh, besides the fact he was extremely old and completely out of touch, but you could say that was the past 40 years, uh, was because his wife, who was 40 years his junior, he wanted her to take over the country. And then all of the a bridge military guys were like, A bridge too far. Yeah, bro, I don't think we're going to. Give the country to your wife, dude. Come on, not the broad. Uh, not, not, we're not just like, she has no experience in government. Here, and you're just, just going to give the country to your wife? Just go I'd, eat another zoo. Don't, go eat a zoo. Don't make, don't make your wife. Uh, no, yeah, just go eat another crocodile. Uh, good God. People's uh, ability to be abhorrent is, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really never, I guess, it, it is always still a little surprising, actually. When I read he ate a zoo, I was like, huh. I know that about is, the genocide. That is a new but, one for But me. the zoo thing, huh? That is a new one for me, actually. Yeah, it's very interesting. Now, what if Trump ate a zoo? You know what, man? I would uh, That's, not the thing put it is, past him. The thing is, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Robert Mugabe eating a zoo is actually somewhat sophisticated compared to what Donald, Donald Trump, Trump has done in the past. Ro- Donald Trump has oh, basically bought out a Wendy's 
Uh, and that was his version of eating a zoo. Whereas Robert Mugabe is like, he's eating, he's having like roasted giraffe and it's, it's actually quite sumptuous and yeah. sophisticated and exotic. It and, is exotic. And That's then, true. And then, yeah, Donald Trump has the fucking spicy chicken sandwich, a mountain, a, a mound. You know what though? I have to say full disclosure. You know me, I'm, I'm, I'm open-minded. See, one of the very few things I like about Donald Trump. Well, that's, I love that he likes fast food. Well, and honestly, politically, I know this is not an accident. He backed his way into being politically intelligent. He's not like Boris Johnson, who is truly a genius. I disagree with everything that Boris Johnson does. But he truly is a political genius. He messes up his hair on purpose. He pretends to be a stumbling bubble butt. He pretends but, to be Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. Yes, but he is actually like very smart. Oh, yeah. He's been, he's been doing the tussled hair routine all his life. They actually had footage of him. He has this perfectly combed hair he messes it up before he gets out of his car and then he's just like that's an everyman it's fascinating uh, it's, it's fascinating to watch him sort of like because he's been on a uh, a sort of pr spin and, campaign yeah he he is in the face of all this he just doesn't blink no man he really is he's a sort of a ted cruz type when it comes to being a political uh, he's very politically savvy and i would love to speak more on brexit as i mentioned up top but honestly i'm wrapping my mind around it it is is very complicated, and so I do not. Uh, I do not have car planche but one of the, to, to speak on it. I, I, know, I don't want to give aspects, misinformation. One of the aspects that is very interesting is that they have basically been on hold for years. Government has not worked for three years. After Brexit, the entire government was like, "Okay, we we're gonna go." And then I, and, so again, I I don't know enough for our British listeners or UK listeners. Please email us. Um, and let us know. But we were but we were driving to Edinburgh from Bristol, and we stopped at a, a service station. And there's a sign yep. that says "Get ready for Brexit." I think yeah, it was like "Prepare for Prepare, Brexit" prepare or for something Brexit. like that. And it's that's all the information on. That's it. It, it was like how? Yeah, exactly. Our, yeah, literally, that, our, our driver was must, like, "No one knows how to do." Nobody knows it. how to do that. And so I'm at, I mean, that is to be a citizen here, especially a citizen that maybe is uh uh you know like naturalized or something, or you know like. Or you know they had to get their citizenship here. That must like that must be like a boulder in your stomach walking around thinking about okay when is the other shoe gonna drop? Yeah, and then rise... seeing those signs that say get ready for whatever yeah. is gonna happen. We don't know. No idea. But get ready for it. So have a good time trying to plan your life. We have no idea what our government's gonna look and like. Apparently, the only people that want Brexit are like dying, dying, or like maybe dairy farmers. I don't actually. No, under... no one is happy. It's the same thing in America I, I with don't the tariffs. Understand who wants farmers it. are getting fucked. Lower class people, not lower class, lower income people are getting screwed. It's the, all the people that these politicians have placated to and really just attempted to sell their horseshit to that are the ones who are going to get screwed the most, and it really is heartbreaking. And it's one of those things where, you know, uh, apparently there are people out there who are Trump voters, but like I never interact with them, even throughout all of our travels and stuff. Oh, and I the know. same thing here. I have not seen a pro Brexit person, or at least they've not announced it to me. Like I met one at a bar. They're they're out there, and you know I know, I know some Trumpers, and I know some people who uh, really regret that choice because uh, it was more of an anti-Hillary vote than a pro-Trump vote. Um, but as we see, uh, that I think will change. I promise you, we're gonna as we saw Obama Trump districts, we're gonna see Trump. Uh, Warren districts or Trump Biden districts. It's the pendulum is going to swing back. But um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. That's just a bit of information coming from Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah. Um, and I guess we're going to go like check out a bunch of graves now. Yeah, I'm going to go to a uh, restaurant slash sex dungeon in the uh, 
city center. Okay, buddy. Hope Don't be the food. <laughs> I don't want to eat the zoo this yeah, time. Yeah, be careful. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. The savings rock when you find a new way to roll, like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling, up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher that has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine.